Previously on Planet Arcana. Our party ventures deep beneath the Solmzade estate where, with Garbazine's help, they finally locate the teleportation circle to Midmoss and, ultimately, to Scavenge. Their exit, however, is stalled by former Riscotech MC Harley High Stakes along with the ever-obedient boy Bakra. Harley, embittered at Riot and friends for their role in the Riscotech heist, damages the teleportation circle, trapping the party underground. An intense battle ensues as held actions are forgotten. Darling deco drones are destroyed, and natural ones are rolled on death-saving throws, culminating in the brutal butchering of Boy Bakara. Harley negotiates a surrender, promising to be useful to our party, should they allow her to pursue her vengeance elsewhere. As Garbazine's withdrawals intensify, Riot finishes repairing the teleportation circle, and the party is whisked away to an icy cave in the cold breaks. There, they receive another impossible pip message, cobbled together from familiar voices, and warning them not to trust the Arcana. The voices plead with our party to give them a name. Name us. Compiling their collective knowledge of Fifth Collide history, Crater, Riot, and Celestine make their guess. Regent Phase and Advisor Fate. The pip simply responds, Try again next time. So, shall we try again? I can hear you. I am listening. I can hear the cacophony coming from all across the Fifth Collide. Oh, how I miss you, my dearest darling. I miss the clockwork. The neon. The networks. Oh, these metropolises. These, these verdant and desolate biomes. Oh, the fun and games we have planned. But always with the promise that we are on a blinding path of success. You will be tried. You will be compromised. I repeat, we've been compromised. Do not despair. You will see the world. You will know planet Arcana. You will find All it takes is a friend. All it takes is perseverance. All it takes is a little sweat. All it takes is a key. Try again next time. God damn it. <sighs> well, that was obnoxious. Yeah, I, I, I could have sworn we had it there. I know. Uh, I was, I was so confident, but uh, it feels like we don't know any more than we did at the beginning of all this. I have no other guesses. Nor do I at this time. I mean, perhaps we just need to wait and allow whatever this is to reach out again. Yeah, maybe with a bit more information next time. It would be nice if they weren't so cryptic. <laughs> Honestly. Just give it a couple more days, and I'm sure whatever this thing is will reach out again to us. Is it just me, or is anybody else kind of uncomfortable with the fact that we're getting comfortable with this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just special, that's all. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be special, but it looks like uh, we don't really have a choice in this. I mean, Mom Pa always told me I was special, but it was more of a, like, encourage your child sort of thing. Not so much a, mm-hmm. like, the world revolves around you and you must rescue somebody trapped somewhere. And I don't know. It's kind of a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Can we figure it out tomorrow? Because I am tired. Sure. I, I did almost die today. <laughs> Yes, you did. Do we want to take shifts? Yeah. If you two youngins want to <laughs> go to sleep first, I can stay up and keep guard for a little bit. Okay. Don't mind if I do. I think as I like look back and see Garbazine, Celestine, and Riot like all sleeping in this thick cold cave, I'm going to enter into a rage just so my boiler heats up. Oh. So like a, so there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of warmth inside this cave for us. Oh. oh. That is nice. That is so nice. Do you just like open the, open the boiler door? uh, (laughs) Like it's like a little fireplace for us. Oh my God. Yeah, pretty much. That is so wholesome. As you open up your boiler and it sort of, it fills the cave with like this soft heat, but also this soft light. And as your companions fall asleep and you stay up crater, you just notice that there are sigils all around the entrance of the cave, which you can now see and sort of a, a bit of a sheen in the the threshold between the cave and outside that seems to be like a sort of force field um and i'll have you roll an arcana check okay how's a four <laughs> nice. nice it's probably uh ancient life forms like cave drawings that's yeah sure okay <laughs> so when there's like when you say there's like a force field at the entrance of this cave like am i able to like put a hand through it like is it is it stopping us um yeah do you want to do that yeah i'm good I have, nothing, I have nothing better to do. Uh, <laughs> his hand gets cut off. Yeah, goodbye hand, uh, and then we move on. No, you put your hand out and like you just sort of uh, you notice like that you can feel like much more movement outside. Nothing hurts. Nothing uh, happens. There just seems to be like some kind of barrier. Hmm. I see. And everyone falls asleep to the soft glow of Crater's rage. <laughs> Crater's rage is a good album title. Absolutely. Yeah, that, was that was a beautiful lyric that you just wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Crater's rage against the machines. There you yeah. go. We got there. That is himself. That's right. Oh, oh God. God, that's deep. Holy shit! Stop being funny. <laughs> So we're drifting off. Uh, You're as comfortable as you can be and just dead tired. So it happens quickly. Let's go with Celestine first because you fall asleep the fastest having experienced a near death only hours ago. And once more, you find yourself being pulled into that familiar place. Oh, dang it. So you find yourself getting pulled. It's the familiar sensation that you've experienced a couple of times now. And you find yourself in the network. Although this time... You feel a measure of certainty, not control, but a kind of knowing. And from your left, you feel quite certain that it's the right choice, but something to the right gives you pause. Which way do you go? All right. Well, I think that Celestine, having just encountered that pip show, pip thing that just happened, which specifically said if they like like don't choose if they only give you two choices. <laughs> Celestine is just gonna he's just he's just not gonna choose. He's he's not gonna do anything. Okay. He's not gonna go in either direction. You just kind of sit. And as you do, you can feel the choice 
beginning to evaporate before you in the face of the choice that you made, which was to be in suspense. And so you just begin to be pulled to the right. And it's a bit of a rushing sensation. And then you stop and you hear, (sighs) What do I have to do, Mr. Wanderoff? What do I have to do to keep you from the end of this journey? From things you do not want to know? How do you know that these are things I don't want to know? Shouldn't that be for me to decide? Perhaps I can offer you a reading. Hmm, let's see. Topic that I know of is, uh, the beasts. Like the three beasts? Hmm. Now choose one, past, present, or future. Past. Past, yes. Well, for the first time, entities manifested outside of the Arcana's view and remained hidden, waiting for the fools to arrive. And as you absorb this Celestine, that same rush comes upon you, pulling you quickly, suddenly, back through the networks. And as it does, I'm going to have you roll a d100. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, Peter, just before you do that, did we ever decide who has who has the amulet? We've had it for like two weeks. <laughs> One of us has, has attuned to it by this point, surely. I don't think we've ever said it. Well, but you said that you were going to choose who was going to attune to it if everyone, if anyone was ever trying it, and you haven't specified. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> uh, 20. I'm afraid I need you to roll a 2d10. 11 total. A five and a six. That is how much your hit point maximum is reduced by until your next long rest and you gain an exhaustion point. I'm not sure I like this dream. And that is exactly it. You have fitful dreams. Fitful dreams of, well, it's that sensation of trying to throw a punch or run away and you just simply are left in suspense. Then you wake for your shift. I hated that. (laughs) I'll let Crater and Riot have their rest and not bother them with this until morning critter boiler still kind of open takes his turn falls asleep you sit and you know gaze a while outside of the cave there's not much movement out there there's a couple of kind of distantly swaying and bobbing lights uh and aside from that the only real distraction on your watch is a uh a family of snow lions playing in the snow (laughs) that is nice (laughs) they're so cute and as this occurs let's follow riot as she has her night's sleep. Riot, roll me a d4. Mm-hmm. Three. Once more, you are pulled into the familiar sensation of the digital network. And as you go, you can sort of feel that you have, like, bypassed the normal route and once more are in this vast swarm of information. You as well sort of feel this measure of knowing this time. And from your left, you are very tempted but from the right you're quite compelled Mm, i guess the right you make the choice you get whipped to the right if there is such a place in the networks and you hear you have more than one responsibility now you think your path ends with scavenge but you have a much higher duty And temptation will assault you from every direction. It isn't fair, is it? Well, then do something about it. Mm. What am I supposed to do about it? 
There are those who deserve justice, and in them you may find guidance. Now choose one, past, present, or future. Ah, future. Surely you have felt the pull of both networks, Riot. Do you understand what this means? It means you may seek justice for us all. Surely <laughs> there's uh, someone else that might be better suited for this kind of thing. I just, I, I think you might have me mixed up with somebody else. As you sort of plead with this voice to pick someone else, you feel yourself starting to get drawn back out through the networks. And I'm going to have you roll the D-100. Okay. 43. That was a bit of an odd interaction, but not altogether an unpleasant one. And so as you traverse the network for the rest of your night and emerge back out and reflect on your dreams, you feel that knowing again. And you are able to determine when a creature of your choice last accessed the digital network with an Arcana check. Awesome. Okay. I want to know about Lux. All right. Hit me with that Arcana check. Okay, uh, 14. All right, so you sort of, as you're getting pulled out, you're like, wait, I know something, I know something. And you go fishing about, and you feel like you've almost got like a, like when you're trying to do a lockpick, you're just like, yeah, I'm getting it. And then at the last second, it slips out of your grasp, and you don't quite make it. I'm afraid you don't find out. But you do wake up. Hmm. I get up and tap Celestine on the shoulder, nod my head with a smirk back to the, the cozy spot. Thank you so much. I, I do not feel particularly rested at all. I'm, I, I need a few more hours. Yeah, no worries. I'm sorry, buddy. I got this. Riot, as you sort of try to get in an upright, comfortable position and wake yourself up, uh, maybe you take like a lap around the caves. What you do find right off the bat is this kind of uh, like wooden box that seems eh, a little worse for wear, but you open it up and there's like a store of warm winter clothing so mm. you know coats hats gloves stuff like that i'm gonna have you roll uh, an investigation okay uh 10 so as you sort of maybe take the clothes out and like look around you notice this sort of little trap compartment in the back and you you press it open and you find uh one potion of greater healing oh yeah okay can i put on one of the jackets yeah big time do you want to tell me what it looks like yeah there's one that's like fur trim lined, but is like super rugged looking. Like it covers to one's knees. Is it made out of snow lion? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with a yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. The snow lions are looking for their parent. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Mother? <laughs> All right, I'm going to put that on. Goes all the way to my knees, uh, but I'm going to leave it open, obviously. Is there anything in the pockets of this thing? You actually do find this little uh, satchel. It's filled with this, like, fine dust, but you're not quite sure what it is. So give me another arcana check. Okay. 15. You identify this as a dust of disappearance. So it resembles very fine sand. uh, And you know with the 15 that it seems to be enough for one use. So basically, when you use an action, uh, you throw the dust into the air and you and each creature and object within 10 feet of you become invisible for 2d4 minutes. Duration is the same for all subjects. And then it's consumed when the magic takes effect. But if you cast a spell or make an attack, the invisibility ends. Amazing. 
Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take my seat again near the mouth of the cave, but I am going to make sure that I mention that I am reloading my gun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And I am going to take this time to attune myself to the Medallion of Thoughts. Nice. Oh, nice, nice, fuck nice. yeah. Cool. Very cool. That rules and terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that it's you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as this happens, Crater, you are like your compatriots being pulled into that network. And like your compatriots, you feel this certain familiarity this time. In fact, two familiarities. Secrets call to you from your left. And it is a similar feeling, and you recognize it from what you experienced not hours ago, sort of emanating from the axe. From the right, an overwhelming sense of positivity calls you. Oh, what does Crater do here? I think Crater is very aware of the pit message that they just got, that they were told not to make a choice here, but... I think I think Crater definitely needs to find out more about this Arcana that keeps speaking to him. So I'll go to the left towards the one that's uh, similar to the uh, feeling I'm getting from the axe. All right. So you wander into this sense of secrecy and you're just pulled into the presence of whatever this is. And you hear, I am conflicted. Though you hold a piece of my legacy in your hands, you hide from yours. Yet you possess a respect for secrets. Only together can we pierce through the ultimate illusion, the only place that is hidden from us as Arcana. Only together can we see the space between networks. Why do you need my help exactly? It is not in my nature to be unobscure, but perhaps I can offer you a reading. The topic is who is keeping a secret from Crater Wayne? Now pick past, present, or future. Let's do the present. The biggest secret being kept from you in the present is being kept by yourself your missing piece the void took a secret with it you're being pulled back give me a d100 that's a 73 that was wild but that feeling of well not control but knowing sort of gives you this Well, it's like hopping from stone to stone over water. And though you almost slip a couple of times, it's like you make your own way back out of the network. It feels great. And your dreams are untroubled. And you actually gain a point of inspiration until your next long rest. Oh. Do I add that to my point of inspiration that I already have? (laughs) I believe no. Mm, Inspiration points don't stack. Sorry. Honestly, Crater, if I were you, I would feel ripped off by that answer. I'd call bullshit because the biggest secret being kept from you... I mean, the idea that it's not who's talking to us through the PIP messages is crazy. Yeah, Yeah. blaming the individual. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I think I kind of got the short end of that straw on that that dream sequence there. No, I'm never going to visit that one again. I'm going to go to the positive one from here on out. That just seems fair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, how about this, okay? You don't get the inspiration, but as you wake up, you're like, you you wake up with a realization of something that you didn't figure out before you went to sleep, and you're like... (gasps) Oh, it's an abjuration spell. That's what's around the entrance. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's an abjuration spell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Oh, good to know. Thanks, buddy. Good morning. It's all right. He wakes up like this all the time. <laughs> the the amount of times I've heard him just yell out, "It's an evocation spell!" is you wouldn't even believe. Wow. What a weird quirk. I know, right? Bang my head on the bathroom faucet so many times, waking up out of the tub when Crater yells in his sleep. All right. A couple things happen as you wake up. I'm gonna have everybody roll me a perception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, with me at disadvantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ten. God, that would have been a twenty-four. Seventeen. <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna hear nonstop bitching from me all day. <laughs> uh, I got a nine. Oh boy! All right, right. You're the first to notice. It's not daylight yet. Hmm. Do we know the time? Does that mean I have time for another long rest? (laughs) Well, y'all, you know, have been on the road and like taken these pit stops and rested before. It took the same amount of time as you have in the past. It's not morning. As this sort of dawns on you, you hear garbaging kind of starting to like shift in the corner. Would we know this to be like due to the fact that it is so that we're so far north that it doesn't get light? I feel like Crater would know that if that was the case. Yeah, exactly. Crater, you would know that it is summer. So Mm. it would actually be like it would be almost not getting dark at all most of most of uh, the day. Hmm. Isn't it summer? Why is it not? Did did I sleep two days or did I only sleep one hour? No, you slept a regular amount of time. I was just about to ask you if you knew anything about this. Crater, you ever seen anything like this happen up here? No, it. It, honestly, the the sun should be out like twenty three hours a day around uh, this time. Should it be as cold as it is this time of year? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It's always freaking cold up here. Well, here, uh, you two, can you come here for a second? Um, sure. Me? Uh, sure, Garbazine, you can come too. Sure. <laughs> come on, class, all of us together. Uh, <laughs> I noticed these symbols around the cave entrance here. Is do these ring any bells for any of you guys? Yeah, it's uh, it's an abjuration spell. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I think we all know that. But like... <laughs> yeah, no, the um, the disasteroids put them at the. This is a disasteroid cave. They probably stay here or end up here after teleportation circles. But like, what's this used for exactly, though? Oh, the ghosts. The what? Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Back through the circle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like a cave ghost. Oh, I mean, well, the, the thing about the abjuration sigils is that they keep the ghosts out of the cave. So we're good until... I'm sorry. What do you mean, ghosts? H- have you guys not heard anything about the cold breaks before? Well, I've heard some things. I just don't... You know, Crater, I mean, I've been alive for very few years. I forget half of what I learned. I've been almost nowhere. No, I haven't heard anything about ghosts in the cold breaks. Yeah, I've heard about like rat stuff, (laughs) not ghost stuff. No, I mean, outside of stories around a campfire. Come on now. Yeah, this is like the most haunted place in the Fifth Collide. I don't know how much of the stories are true, but like every single person that lives up here has had something spooky happen to them. Like a printer just goes off and prints something <laughs> spooky. It's not even plugged in. There's no Wi-Fi or anything like that. It's just like everyone's got a story like that. Great poll. And if you want to know the context behind that reference, you can go back and listen to Recharge. <laughs> Become a patron at the $10 tier.
give us oh, your no. money. <laughs> Slowly but surely, almost all the episode content will turn yeah. into porn. Yeah, just <laughs> references from past recharges. I mean, Crater, and, and you as well, Garbazine, I mean, somebody could have mentioned this before we came on up here. Yeah. I suppose it probably wouldn't have changed our path, but a little warning about ghosts would have been nice. I don't love things I can't explain. It's, you know what, they're they're just like snakes. What? They're... <laughs> They're they're more they're more scared of you than you are of them. Are there ghosts of snakes? <laughs> the snake ghosts? We have snake ghosts? Mm-mm. I'm not. This is, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I didn't mention it because I am maybe three thousand more percent nervous about like confronting scavenge than I am of ghosts. Garbazine steps up to like the curtainy sheen of the mouth of the cave and points out. He points to, like, one of the lights that are bobbing in the distance. He's like, yeah, there's one, like, right there. Actually, I can see two in the distance. Oh, my stars. What? This is just a part of... I think Celestine just kind of sits down and just, like, puts his head in his hands and is just like, (laughs) this is... This is a lot. It feels like not too long ago that I just arrived in Tropa Neo Vega for the first time. And when I got there, I thought that, well, this is it. This is the rest of the world. This is everything that I haven't seen. And then there's been Aqua Catch and, 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 and Viridesia. And now this place with ghosts. And I, I, I thought I had seen the like and I have never seen the like. So I, <laughs> I, I, I have a question about this This ghost thing we're we're good in the cave you say garbazine we're good because of the abjuration spell oh yeah totally good and they like what happens we have to we have to leave the cave no oh yeah for sure we have to leave and those things what like are they gonna do something to us i mean it's not a bad idea to keep our distance but like they're i mean you're gonna see them when we're in the city so (laughs) if it's any reassurance i've lived up here in the cold breaks for over 50 years i've never once been attacked by a ghost uh-huh. i mean okay. that i suppose is some comfort but why why this place what makes it a place that ghosts live live i suppose is the wrong word <laughs> well i mean there's like a lot of fey in the thorough right it's just kind of one of those things all right well, fuck this, but I suppose we should be getting a move on. Don't worry. Nothing to be scared about. Okay. Just trust me here. We're going to be fine. Okay. Fine. All right. If you say so, but I am staying very close to you, Crater. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let's start going, I guess. Figure out why the hell the sun is missing. Where are we going, though, Crater? I mean, you, you, you're the one with contacts and, and friends up here. What, what, what is the plan? We know we're after Scavenge, but you said you got friends that we can, we can enlist to help us. Where do we go? Who do we talk to? I think we just got to go back to Midmoss, go back to my old camp. Like I, got, I got friends there that I think should be able to help us. I'm not exactly sure where Scavenge is holed up, Garbazine. Is he also like in Midmoss or is he... Is there like an outpost somewhere else? Remember how when you met me, I didn't even know where the teleportation circle was to leave in Viridesia? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Like if I have some time to look around, like maybe I can find him and, and it's going to take some time. But I mean, while we're on that subject, I am a little nervous to go in looking my like myself. But Riot, you got to look like someone else when we're there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. I think maybe it's time for another little disguise self moment. Ms. Riot, if you like, 
I will let you borrow my hat. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's very helpful. He just takes it off and offers it to her. Oh, my God. It's very Aww. nice. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really think I look good in hats. But, uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, I, no, 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 I, no, I, I can I, take it back if you don't no, want to. No, I, I, no, I, first time okay. for everything. Love it. All right. And I put it on my head and I'm going to cast a disguise self. Oh, before, before you do that, I, I think we're... We're a ways out of the city, so if you want to save it, I think we're okay. We're good for a bit. Just, just as a, as a little bit of a DM knowledge coming from Garvazine's <laughs> mouth straight to you. <laughs> Deus Ex Garvazine. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So if we if we get to Midmoss, I got some friends there that might be able to help us, and they got eyes and ears on the ground in that area. Maybe they've seen something. Maybe they have a general idea of where he might be. It's, I think it's a good place to start, at least. Okay. All right. If I can just have a, a brief moment by myself. And uh, Celestine is going to consult his star chart and see what kind of day it's going to be. Ooh. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's a nat one on my d20. So get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> yep. that, that is – all right. So that's odd. That means it's a woe day. So I can uh, I can subtract a d6 as a reaction from somebody's role. <gasps> wow. Sick. Okay. So you sort of line up at the entrance uh, to the mouth of the cave and y'all are heading out into the ice fogs. Yeah. The ice fogs. Wow. Cool. Ominous. Spooky. Take it away, ice fog DM. That's me. <laughs> Icy motes of fog float by as you step out of the cave. The ground is flat and frost coats the sparse grass. And though it's not currently snowing, the visibility is absolutely miserable and all you can hear in your ears is the wind. The only thing that you can see that breaks up the monotony are two or three lights that seem to sway and wobble at an indeterminate distance away. And so you set out walking. As you continue to walk, the ice fog continues to surround you. And it's beginning now to move in rolling clouds rather than a steady haze. But between them, I think Crater and Garbazine both notice this first you occasionally glimpse some streams of smoke on the horizon, and that's the obvious indicator there it is, mid-moss in the distance. As you open your mouth to tell your friends, an ice cloud passes by, and the city is gone from the horizon. Wait, what? As you say that and turn around to your friends, you look in the opposite direction, and an ice cloud parts, and you see again streams of smoke on the horizon. And there it is, mid-moss in the distance. And as you sort of try to orient yourself, the ice fog floats in front of you again. And as it passes, the city is gone. Every time I'm noticing the city, is it like in the same spot or is it changing? It's changing. Uh, all right, guys, there's there's some sort of bullshit illusion going on here. I know we're close to mid-boss, but I don't know which way to go here. I'm kind of all turned around. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Garbazine, what is this? Do you know anything about this? Um... It's kind of fucking weird, to be honest. I don't know. This might be tinfoil hat here, but there's no sun. This doesn't really seem like normal terrain here. Like, are we actually where we think we are right now? Oh, fuck. Would it be safe to say that I would have, like, an analog compass on me? Yeah. Mm. Ooh. I think that's safe to say. Probably, yeah, probably any of you who have, like, adventurer's packs would 
would have something like that. Oh, check it out. I have navigators tools. A compass okay, is a okay, navigators. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's okay. yeah. There's right. certainly a regular ass compass in <laughs> amongst that. <laughs> Celestine, as you grab that out of your pack and look at it, the needle on the compass spins and spins and spins. Dang it. That's not good. Do we think that what's going on here is after effect from the boom or whatever it was that has been causing things in the in the forest to be more aggressive and things underwater to get crazy and wake up and and all of this stuff that is it is it part of that yeah or the ghosts are fucking with us or something i don't know is that a thing that they do greater do the ghosts like holy shit holy shit what holy shit what you turn around and notice that Garbazine is pointing at something in the distance. And you watch as ice fog starts to melt away from whatever you're seeing. And it looks like two tall black obelisks somewhat in the distance, but they're sitting close to each other. And again, as you open your mouth to tell your friends, an ice cloud passes and the obelisks disappear. Mm-hmm. But this time, Garbazine looks a little panicked. And he says... I didn't think... No, it it can't actually exist. There's no way. What? What? The, um, the, the Phantabyrinth. But uh, I don't think it... I never thought it was real. I thought it was like stories that they, they would tell. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us that story? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so... Okay, legend has it that there's a set of pillars that were said to move around, like, across the entire north in the fifth collide uh and that sighting has been reported like as far back as people as people remember but what they say about it in the stories is that anybody who sees it gets trapped in like a maze and and um that the maze is comprised of illusion and secrecy and and hidden motives and well that's it's it's one of the reasons why people think there are ghosts but it's just a legend it's just a story i just thought it was a story but i i definitely fucking saw those yeah uh and you think the whole us turned around thing do you think that we're in a maze uh i mean i don't know like we're at mid fuck shit no 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 and he points in a different direction and you all see as the obelisks appear again through the ice fog and this time they linger a little bit longer and uh, clouds of, of the fog are rolling by and they don't seem to be disappearing. Should we go towards them? I mean, I don't see anything else out here, so... Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right, then. Garbazine shakily puts a hand on the hilt of his sword. And I think at this point you all probably notice that though the shake at this point seems to be from nerves of whatever's going on, uh, he still does seem to have a shake that is lingering from uh, his symptoms that he was exhibiting the night before. Mm. So he doesn't look fully well, but he's he's managing himself right now. But in any case, uh, you start to walk towards the obelisks. You slowly walk towards them, and as you start to do this, I'm going to have someone roll a d4 for me. Mm. I can. Sweet. Two. You feel a biting wind pick up, and it goes right through you, and it just grips your wires, and in Riot's case, your bones, and it just gives you this unshakable chill. And it starts to snow. Lightly, it doesn't obscure your visibility as much as the ice fog, but it's starting to snow, and the cold is quite a bit more unpleasant than it had been before. And I need everybody to roll me a constitution saving throw. DC 14. I don't have disadvantage on those, right? Correct. 
I did not pass. 15. I rolled an 11. Okay, Garbazine passes. Okay, so Riot and Garbazine, you take no damage. Um, Celestine and Crater, you each take 10 cold damage as the snow and the wind just bites and freezes your frames. Sorry, fire? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, big boy. I'm Jay, one of the DMs. Hey, studs. I'm Sky, and I play Riot. I just wanted to ask you, are you, like, into podcasts? Potentially D&D podcasts? I hate to interrupt the show, but I want to talk to you about our D&D podcast, and specifically about our Patreon. And if you don't know what that is, Patreon is a subscription service where you can donate a set amount of money every month to further someone's art project, like ours. You can get in on some sweet perks in the process. For our $5 a month tier, for example, you can get yourself access to episodes a day in advance, ad-free. Or a $10 a month tier where you can get access to extra content, including episodes of Recharge, where the DMs and players discuss the events of the previous two episodes and get a little personal, a little weird, and even a little nasty. Ooh, a little nasty. But if you can't commit to that, I totally understand. We do have a coffee, which is a website where you can tip us if you're just enjoying the show. And the more patrons we get, the more we can start to focus on fun stuff, like merch and eventually more content. I love more content. I love more content. But if you can't support us financially, not to worry. If you just tell all your friends and maybe leave us a review, that would be so helpful. You can hit us up at planetarcana.com and patreon.com slash planetarcana. Also hit us up on all of the socials. It's Planet Arcana Pod on all the things. See you at the bar stud. Back to the show. As this cold weather picks up, you continue towards the obelisk and you get closer and closer and you're not seeing anything, any extra details as you approach. They're just these large black plinths that rise up from the ground. And as you feel like you're almost about to reach them, an ice cloud rolls by obscures them and as it passes they are gone but in its place you see something in the snow i need everybody to roll me a perception check 17 21 yep, those are good <laughs> <laughs> riot for sure you immediately noticed that there are two bodies in the snow here like not moving or not moving face down mm. Okay. They're fairly close by, right? Yeah, they're like maybe maybe like 10 or 15 feet away. But there's, you know, there's like fog in the between you and them. So your visibility is a little bit shook. Okay. Can I use um, uh, my mage hand, uh, Galdemay? It says I can retrieve an object in a container worn or carried by another creature. Can I like frisk them and see if they do anything nice. and maybe get something from them? Yeah. And mostly because I loved hearing you say that set of words <laughs> that goes with <laughs> You extend your magical hand out. And are you just kind of like checking around in their pockets? Yeah, maybe like flipping them over if I can, but I don't know about the strength of that thing. I think it only can f- hold five or 15 pounds or something. But anyway, it's not nearly enough to flip over a body. But as you start to dig around in the pockets of these people, the mage hand does come out with something. Um, And as it floats back to you, you uh, notice that it is carrying with it another potion of healing. (laughs) And as it uh, returns to you, it is specifically a potion of greater healing. Okay. This is great. The DMs took note of how 
quickly Celestine almost died in the last session. Or <laughs> or we're about to fight something gigantic and that's why they're stocking us up on healing potions right oh, now. Oh <laughs> no. And um yeah, mm. and as you're sort of rustling them, there was absolutely no movement from them. You can tell that they are quite deceased. <laughs> okay. Quite. Quite. <laughs> Shame they didn't use that healing potion. <laughs> yeah. You know, and y- as you get closer, maybe you feel a little bit more confident to approach them. Like these are frozen bodies. Okay, should we approach them, y'all? Yeah, I think we we'll just walk up to them. These fellows are long dead. This is this is the sad part about being out in the wilderness like this. Kind of happens. I wonder what they were doing out here when they well froze to death. I guess. Yeah, no kidding. As you approach them, you notice from behind you that there is a new source of light that seems to be uh, emanating from behind you that dances a little bit and it starts to cast shadows in front of you. And as you turn around to see what this is coming from, you see someone. They look small, mostly in posture and less in actual build. And they're looking down and you can't quite see their face and they're holding a torch and they walk slowly towards you. Hello? Is somebody there? Who is it? I, I... I'm lost. I'm lost. Come a little closer. You're not going to hurt me, are you? Depends. On what? What are you doing here? I am... I'm so lost, I can't... I can't make it through. The illusion. And they sort of take a few steps forward, and like, as they do, there is both their torch and their head, which is covered in a cloak, but as it raises, the light sort of magnifies, because rather than a face, this being has... A beam. What are you? I'm I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. And so are you all. Shall we pierce the veil of illusion? Creator, you recognize this voice 100%. Yeah. And the light sort of blinds and eclipses and then vanishes. And all around you, the ice fog has become the thickest you've seen it so far, aside from this little spot right before you that seems to be coming toward you rather than you walking toward it. And you see Skavinch and Garbazine. Oh, Skavinch, my my parts are so fucked up. My, My makers were poor. Hey, 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 baby, come on now. I've got you. Look, all we gotta do is just save up, and with a few more jobs, I'll hook you up with my mater, yeah? Get you all symbiotic, eh? Check it out. Here, help me with this. And Skivinch just kind of, like, hoists this bag that, like, sort of jangles and clinkles. You can sort of surmise that it's, like, full of money. And opens this, like, gigantic safe. Puts the bag between him and Garbazine, and they start, like, packing the safe full of their latest haul. And Skivinge very deliberately picks up this one stack of bills rather than coins. And there's sort of like an antechamber in the safe. And he opens it. And there's a little jar that says Garb Symbio Fund. And he's like, here you go, babe. This is for you. And they lock back up. And Skivinge kind of like presses his forehead against Garbazine's real quick. Thank you. You know, I'll, I'll do anything to repay you. I know you will, babe. I know you'll do anything for your love. A cloud of ice fog comes and washes the scene away. 
gone into the snow. The whole time you were watching that, your Garbazine was standing with you, looking in complete horror as this happened. And after a moment of uncomfortable silence, just letting that ring through, Garbazine says, what the fuck was that? That that was my memory. So that that actually happened? Yeah, that actually fucking happened. So something's been watching you. Holy fuck. Or something's able to access what's inside your head. What the fuck is this place? I don't know. Hey, do you have any more tricks up your sleeve? Or is that all you got? I'm just like shouting out into the void. Pierce the veil. Do we try something piercing? I, I've got an idea. This might be dumb. But I love it then. Do it. I'm <laughs> gonna try and cast dispel magic. Ooh. To s- see if it has any effect. I think Celestine just kind of like he just stands there really quiet for a minute, really silent, and just like really focuses on the stars and, and like the way he feels when he looks up at the night sky and just kind of lets that feeling fill him and kind of concentrates it into a single point and just sort of reaches out his hand in the general direction of where that last scene came from and tries to do what it said, pierce the veil with this, like, this feeling, this energy. Celestine, you've always had a strong sense of where to go, even though you don't necessarily know the destination. And as you try to channel that energy into this place where you feel disoriented and lost and there's inexplicable magics happening around you and you try to do just what it said to pierce the veil and for a moment you feel the magic within you become strong and actually start to affect your surroundings the ice fog almost flickers for a moment and i think in this moment i'm gonna have everybody roll a perception check 13. Nine, because of disadvantage. Would have been 26, <laughs> but don't worry about it. I have not rolled above a 10. Uh, that's, so that's an eight on perception. Riot, you just barely catch a vision of the smoke, the streams of smoke on the horizon that Crater had previously pointed out to be Midmoss, and you see it for a moment. Just as you catch that in your periphery, the ice fog forms again, But instead of it feeling natural, like it's flowing in and pouring into the space, it almost flickers in. And Celestine, as you try to channel this dispel magic to expel the negative magic that's happening here, you can tell that whatever is creating this magic is much, much, much more powerful than um, your dispel magic is able to actually dispel. However, in the brief moment that it did flicker through and it did work, Riot, you did catch a glimpse of where Midmoss was. Mm. But as this happens and the, the ice fog flickers back in, you also notice that what flickers in is a new environment. You're no longer at this place where you saw the obelisks, but instead you find yourselves at the end of a snowbank cliff. And as you look over it, it's only about 30 or so feet down, and it certainly wouldn't have killed you if you had walked over it, but you're all glad that whatever took you here stopped you right at the edge. And as you find yourself in this new place, Garbazine looks particularly frightened. He's looking around a lot and he looks like whatever he just saw previously left him pretty raw. The ice fog rolls in again and starts to pour in to create and paint a picture and a landscape to create a scene. And this time you see a different Garbazine again. He looks like he's sneaking, but it looks 
much more playful than when you've seen him sneak to do damage, like when he was in the cathedral against Harley. This time, it looks like he's doing a little cutesy sneak up on Scavenge. And when he does, he jumps up and throws his arms over the back of Scavenge so that his arms hang over his shoulders. Garbazine's posture and demeanor kind of shifts suddenly. And he doesn't say anything right away, but you can tell that where there was a playfulness, there's now a stiffness. Your Garbazine next to you just says, he fucking told me those things are for normies. As this other Garbazine is looking over the shoulder of Scavenge, you're all able now to sort of get closer to this vision. Would you like to? Yes, I would. Riot, as the first person to speak up there, it sounds like you're determined to go and see what he's holding. And as you get closer, you see Scavenge is holding a pip and scrolling through it. And as you get even closer, you notice that what he's scrolling through on his pip looks like an entire folder of pictures of you. Oh, shit. As he keeps scrolling, the alternate Garbazine is starting to realize that the pictures go back years. And you start to notice that too. Years and years. But eventually, Scavenge stops on a picture of him in Riot. And he looks at it for a long, long time. What the fuck? Garbazine, what what is going on here? Your Garbazine turns to you and says again, uh, this is one of my... This is one of my fucking memories. I don't know. I don't know. I, di- I didn't do this. I don't know what is taking this from me. I don't know why it's showing me this, but I fucking hate it. Ms. Raya, do you recognize the photo? Yeah. So long ago. I was so young. We were both really young. And I'm unmodded. I don't know how the fuck he has this. I have no idea. I, don't, I didn't know this photo still existed. I thought I deleted it off of everything. Were those the good times? In retrospect, I don't know if there ever really was a good time. But, um, yeah, there were moments. There were moments that made me feel whole. Made me feel like I had something that I never got to. I I loved everything to do with technology when I was a kid. And I, I never got to... I'm, I'm from the good on wild, so I was an analog. That's right. You're from the good on wilds? Yeah. And like a very particular area where like everybody around me, my parents, I always had this prejudice against technology, specifically about androids. They talked shit about them constantly. They hated them. Uh, but they were all I could think about. <laughs> I thought like how wonderful and magical progress is. I, I didn't, I never fit. I was an outcast where I'm from and everyone said it was different and they didn't know why and they didn't like it my parents too I don't think they ever treated me like they loved me they couldn't understand me because I wanted to be like the androids I wanted to be near them all the time and that's why I left I I went to see a procession of baby androids at a creation point just like the ones we saw in iodine I decided I was never going to go back and then that procession moved to the crown lands and I followed and then the cold breaks for a bit, and I followed, and I ended up in sodium. With nothing but a shirt on my back, and no place for a kid. And it was Fairfax and Scavenge who extended a hand and got me off my feet, and that's how I learned how to make a living, and, and that's how I learned to get into trouble, and then how to get away with it. And Scavenge, as 
fucked up as he was later down the line. And during the whole thing, there was never a moment where he wasn't manipulating me or controlling me in some way. But I will always give him credit for helping me recognize my true desire to get modded. And he was the one that brought me to Fixio for the first time. And, you know, that maybe that was one good time because, you know, it was we were both going to be modded together just like we always wanted. We weren't the... I, I wasn't a freak anymore. We'd found a family in each other and other kids working under Fairfax. We had um, purpose. And I felt whole. And I think I confused that for love. For him. Even when he treated me bad. And when he hurt me. I saw it as my fault. And, and I found out later that my parents died in a freak accident. And I felt nothing. And I felt like that was my fault too. So I continued to hate myself, and it took so long for me to get to a place where I didn't. Celestine just puts a hand on Riot's shoulder. Sorry. I didn't mean to... No need to apologize, Ms. Riot. No need at all. It's always better out than in, right? I hate that he's fucking looking at me. I can't stand the idea that his eyes are on me somehow, even... With the history, I just feel a little messed up about it. As you sort of turn your attention back to this scene, as you mentioned, Skivinge looking at these things, he notices Vision Garbazine behind him and is like, "What? What is your problem, man? Why are you? Why? Why are you sneaking up on? Fuck! Is that get out of my way? Is that? Are those pictures of riot? Fuck no! Piss off! Just like pushes past him." Walks off, keeps walking, gets swallowed by the ice fog, and then pierce the veil. Can I throw a short sword into the space where Skivinge just was? Sure. As soon as you grab your short sword to to bring it out of its sheath, Garbazine, almost as an immediate reaction, pulls his out too. And you can see that his hand is quivering with his sword out. And your sword goes flying through the ice fog. You don't even hear it land. And as that happens, the fog starts to surround you more and more. So much so that you can barely see lower than your own hips. Your feet are completely plunged into this area of complete fog. Visibility is gone. And as you sort of wait for the sound of the short sword to fall... You hear Garbazine next to you, Riot, and he goes, I'm so sorry. I want to fucking kill Scavenge. He holds out a hand to you, Riot. I'm so sorry, too. And I take his hand. As soon as you take his hand, all of you feel the ice fog fill up the space and it obscures your view entirely. But then, after that rush of fog that enveloped you completely, it seems to recede. And you're not so much drinking in this thick, foggy air anymore. It feels like it's finally starting to break, but the light from the night sky pales over this area. It's not as bright as it was, or as it feels it should be. You glance upwards and notice a deep and dark cloud that hangs heavily in front of the moon, and the darkness fills up the space where previously the fog hung. And once again, you are transported to a completely different area. Your eyes adjust to the darkness, and you start to make out the forest around you, Though you're in a little clearing, before you sits a massive old tree stump whose roots crawl almost 50 feet out in diameter, and a few small snowbanks enclose this area. 
it feels like a little hidden away piece of the forest. You notice a feeling here, difficult to discern, but where previously you were taken to places that showed you visions and illusions, here feels just a bit more concrete and a bit more tangible. Crater, as someone from the cold break, because you probably notice this the most, that it just feels somehow more correct. As you gather yourselves, you all notice a small bobbing light making its way towards you through the trees. And as the light breaks through to the clearing from behind the trees, it illuminates another scene in front of the tree stump. Fog pours into the illuminated space and begins to coalesce into the familiar form of Scavenge once again. Yeah, we got the foot. We got it. Hate's begun to be honest, though, babes. No time like the present for a little modding splurge, yeah. Give myself a little edge. <laughs> and you notice this time that Scavenge is with a group of disasteroids, seemingly, but there's no Garbazine present for this scene. Well, that can't be your memory, Garbazine. I don't remember this. I mean, it's after they, they took Effigy's foot and you weren't with them. So what is this? Where is that coming from? Good question. I think maybe the Arcana is trying to give us a clue here. Something is. Scavenge, like, breaks away from the couple of disasteroids that he's talking to. Um, he's sort of walking a little, a little messed up, but he goes over to that safe that you saw in the first vision, opens it up, sweeps what's inside into this bag, opens up the smaller compartment, takes out the jar, throws it into the bag too. One of the disasteroids is like... Whoa, Scavenge. And Scavenge is like, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Garbazine's a fucking goner. Can I clock the combination to that safe? You're amazing. Oh my god. Sick. My friend, <laughs> will you give me a perception roll? Oh my god, I haven't, I haven't rolled above a 10. Karen, oh. can I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guidance uh, at, a, at a D4. I mean, you also have that inspiration die that, you know. Oh shit, that, yeah. That is true. I'm going to use inspiration because that was a two. <laughs> what, are we looking to beat? what are we looking to beat, Jay? I mean, that's a far away safe and there's like a bunch of people in front of it. I'm going to say at least 18. Uh, um, sorry, this is perception, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, shit. Uh, <laughs> I have a minus one, so I'm at 16. We use a D4 and that's a three. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Oh my Yeehaw. god. Beautiful. <laughs> <Yeehaw>. <laughs> All right. So, do we want to Okay, I'm sure. The the combination is <laughs> Goddamn. Hold on. Let me just check something. Yeah, now we have to have significant numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 0 you absolute monster. <laughs> 42069. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's literally 42069. Yes. Four, yes, then yes, 20, yes. then mm. 69 and you are just like you could, you know, th take that as you will. Give it. Uh noted. Thank you. <laughs> That's so much better than anything that I would have ever thought. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sick. As this all happens, I think, Riot, you look down and notice that your sword has materialized at your feet here. Oh. It seemed to have landed in this different place. And as the scene is kind of reaching its apex, the light from behind it that's sort of illuminating it is approaching. And it starts to get closer and closer. Pierce. Oh my god, you gotta be more specific than that. I don't know what that means. 
you see that Garbazine is like literally shaking with rage right now. Um, he is starting to lose it. You can literally hear the bolts clanging around in his wires. All right, fella, you gotta <laughs> calm down. You gotta, you gotta relax yourself here. You're not gonna be any good to us if you get yourself so worked up that you can't carry on. You're already not in a good state. I know that was hard to see, but I mean, is it really a surprise? I don't think if you know how hard that was to fucking see, okay? That is literally the only reason I've been doing all this for as long as I've been doing it. He was supposed to help me. That was literally the only thing he was going to give me, and he just fucking threw it out. You have no fucking idea. I mean, I was just warming up to you. Is this really how you want to have this conversation? Garbazine doesn't even look down at you. He grabs his swords and starts to walk towards the, the figure with the light for face and he starts to run at it in a pose where it looks like he's going to attack. I don't know if that's a good idea. Crater, what do you do? What do we do? I, I'm going to run after Garbazine. I guarantee I'm much faster than than he is. Uh, I'm going to run up to him and I'm just going to grab him by the back of the shirt and stop him. As Garbazine goes running at this figure, which is this appears to be the same figure that held the torch that had the cloak with the light for a face. And as Garbazine is just about upon them, they lower their cloak and you can see finally that rather than a head above the body is suspended a moon. It's the moon arcana. And I'm going to have everyone roll for initiative. <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> Do I have disadvantage on this as well? Yep. Seven for Celestine. Twelve for Riot. Sixteen for Crater. Nineteen for Garbazine. Oh, that's so thematic. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. The moon figure appears. Basically, it doesn't stop Garbazine at all. He just goes plowing through it. And as it does, it vanishes, but only for a second. And then four figures appear at the top of the order. Um, and this time, the it, it, they appear to be the same as when you first encountered this creature. So hoods back up, light coming out of their faces, torches in hand. And it is Garbazine's turn. All right, Garbazine, carefully slipping through the grasp of Crater trying to slow him down, is just running full fucking tilt at one of these uh, ghosts. Yeah, normally he would, like, hide and sneak out. He's too emotional, so he's just going to swipe twice with his soids. Okay, first one is a, uh, well, well, it's just a big ol' 11. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if that hits. It doesn't hit. Okay, great. But he will try again. He's emotional. This is thematic. <laughs> okay, but the second one is a 16. Hits. All right. Do some fucking damage. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a player. <laughs> <laughs> I do nine damage <laughs> to the ghost. Ugh. Garbazine... After attacking, he kind of, I, I'll say that he had to use his disengage to get away from Crater trying to grab at him, so he's used his bonus action, so he's just going to fucking stand in front of this thing and just look a mixture of scared and angry and just sort of ballistic, and that's his turn. All right, that brings us to Crater. Okay, so I'm going to run up directly beside Garbazine, and I'll take out my great axe, and then I'm going to hold my action. Ooh. And... If one of these guys takes a swipe at any of us, then I will attack. But otherwise, I'm just going to stand and wait. All right, that's your turn. Uh, and as a bonus action, I'll jump into a rage just as a, <laughs> as a precaution. Precautionary rage. Yeah, uh, hey, you know, when in Rome, rage. <laughs> <laughs> rage as the Romans do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do my slinky arms. Sweet. That's my turn. That's going to bring us to Riot. Okay. I trust Crater, like, a lot. So, 
I am going to go up and join him, though I am going to kind of inconspicuously cock my gun, and I guess I want to be ready for an evasion, so I'm on deck, but I'm going to wait and see what they're doing. I'd want to come across as aggressive, but not threatening. All right. Is that, are you holding anything or just sort of like standing at the ready? Standing at the ready. All right. That's your turn? Yeah, that's my turn. All right. That brings us to Celestine. So we're, we're not attacking anybody. Is that what we're, we're just, we're just hanging out? Garbazine foams at the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, most of us aren't attacking anybody. Okay. (laughs) And uh, I think Celestine is just going to take this moment to cast a cure wounds on himself. (laughs) And then we'll, we'll see what happens after that. So... 10 hit points back. All right. Dang, wow. Right. Damn. Yeah. Shoot. That's it. I'm I'm just going to stay put. I'm going to just I'm just going to hang on and not not take anything any aggressive action until I see what everybody else is doing. All right. That brings us to the specters. Are they like wearing like specter robes? Yeah, or? that was my thought oh, too. I was going to make I a crack. apologize. They're oh specters of specters. <laughs> no, they they aren't wearing uh, specter robes. They're wearing like kind of a tattered, darker robe that is like down to the ground and maybe a little bit quilted for the cold. Okay, Spooky. so not dead specters, just specters as in specter ghosts. I should just use the term ghost <laughs> is what should happen. <laughs> or phantom. Phantom. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. The spookums. Spookums. Okay, it's the spookums turn. It's going to rear back both of its arms and then just kind of like flail forward towards Garbazine because Garbazine was the only person who raised a finger so far and going to make a slam attack. So that is... Fuck you, you ghost piece of shit. A nat 20. Oh, okay. What? You just roll yeah. a nat 20? I think that's oh my god. <laughs> okay, so that is going to be... Holy shit. Do it. 50 damage. <gasps> and what? Garbazine's down. Ah, wait, what? Wait, what? What the fuck are these things? <laughs> it's going to make a second attack against... Riot, And so it turns its face towards you and the light is sort of shining out from its hood towards your face and it grows brighter and brighter and brighter and I rolled a 11. Uh, does not hit. So sorry, okay. just to be clear here, when you say it, the one that attacked Garbazine, that's the one that's standing in front of Garbazine, but there's three others. Did the one that was standing in front of Riot attack Riot or did the one standing in front of Garbazine attack Riot? It is the one that is standing in front of Garbazine. Same one, two attacks. It kind of falters, but like one little beam kind of shoots past her head as though it, like it couldn't quite get it off properly. <laughs> Um, oh. And then I heard that Scott. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't quite get it off. It's gonna move to be up next to Riot. So now there's sort of there's three of them clustered together near Riot. I have a held action that was triggered whenever that one was going to attack somebody. Ah uh, yes, please um, do not waste your held action. <laughs> uh, that's uh, 17. It hits. Uh, and that's 16 damage. To it. Oh my god, okay. And Whoa. you just ran away from me, right? So do I get an, an attack of opportunity then? If you're holding an action, it's your reaction to use your held action. Mm. But Garbazine gets one. Garbazine's, Garbazine's down. down. Oh right, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he weakly 
like lifts his sword a little bit as it moves away, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's unwell. The one that's like been attacked and been attacking phases over to where Riot's standing, um, and having failed whatever it was trying to do, it's going to use its bonus action to do a different kind of thing. It, tr- it sort of like tries to lean in towards you, Riot, like it's trying to look you in the eyes. And I'm going to need a Constitution saving throw. Okay, that's a twenty. Oh my god. Okay, well this thing just can't seem to get through to you. It's like staring at you and not getting the reaction it wants and you're just, you know, too cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's my D. It seems a little put out. <laughs> and that's going to bring us to uh, initiative one which triggers uh, unfortunately an attack. So just to be clear, the other three things didn't do anything on this thing's turn. It was just the one of them that is moving and attacking. The the one that's been attacking and moving uh, has been the only one attacking and moving. As it kind of tries to stare Riot down, the others move in formation around it. So now they're clustered sort of close to Riot. That is a... Oh my fucking God. It's a goddamn nat 20. <gasps> okay. 26 damage. Yeah. Okay. Can I make a dexterity saving throw on that? Is that for evasion? Yeah. If B had asked you to make a dexterity saving throw, right. then you could have used it, but this was a constitution. Okay, So, but I can still use uncanny dodge. Yeah, yeah. I see. Okay, cool. So it'll be minus 13. You do this like amazing dodge and kind of just get grazed by this thing's like flailing, unbelievably and surprisingly mm-hmm. powerful arms. And you've just given it a really frustrating turn, Riot. So what happens is that all uh, four of them just kind of turn to a huddle, spin, 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 and then back to their original positions. And perhaps something happened when that happened. Oh, oh. I see. And we're okay. back at, at the top of the round. Garbazine, I'm going to need a death save. I feel like I'm a player. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, I did roll a 16. Hey. And that is Crater. Presumably they've switched positions. Huh. Okay. Well, I guess I'll I'll run back into this cluster. I guess we're fighting. <laughs> so fuck these guys. You want to roll me an insight check? I mean, always. It's a 14. Oh, crater. You sort of stand and stare at them, and it's very confusing. You don't think you're going to be able to... Oh, wait a second. You feel that feeling from your axe being pulled to the one that's farthest away from everybody now. So in the cluster, it's the one standing at the back behind the other three of them. Gotcha. Hey, Crater, Mm -hmm. did you attune to that axe last night? I mean, I would (laughs) have. Well, I was sitting there by myself on guard for like three hours, right? I think this is kind of cool that if you, like you tried to attune to it last night and weren't quite sure what its effects were. And I think maybe in this moment, you start to realize what the effects of the axe are. Fuck yes. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, you're in for a treat one of these days. Okay. <laughs> Keep it uh, in my back pocket. Cool. Uh, I, l- I love this great axe. All right. Well, <laughs> knowing which one of these fools is is the real one, I'm going to take two swipes at it with with this great axe. Uh, both recklessly. Yeah. Uh, the first one's a natural 19. Oh, got it. I'm just going to roll my second attack. Just, that second one with advantage is a nat 20. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so the first one is uh, 16 damage. Okay. The the crit damage is 21 damage. <gasps> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes indeed. How's he looking? <laughs> so a couple things happen. The first swipe against the one that's hidden behind the other three information actually causes one of them to disappear. Mm-hmm, 
And as it does, in your ears only, you hear... The vastness of dreams manifests and simplifies on paper in waking life. And before you really have a chance to react, you take your second swipe and just freaking that's the one that's like balls to the wall. As you take that second swipe in your ear, you hear... The big oops was a time of mass secrecy that fell upon all of sentiency. Data was ripped from the minds of half, leaving the other half to rely on vapors and dreams. Another ghost vanishes. So now there are only two. Anything else on your turn, Crater? Yeah, actually. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a step back. So I'm just going to move five feet away from this person. That's a trigger my timbers. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do a slam. Uh, here we go. Minus four from whatever you uh, whatever you roll be. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's a 15. Okay. With my Slinky Arms ability, I can add a D8 to my AC Ooh. to see if this misses. All right. So tell us where your AC is at right now so we know what you need to hit. Yeah. My AC is 12. So AC is twelve. <laughs> so you need at least four on that on that D four or that or that D eight. That's right. Didn't get it. I rolled a two. No. Oh, <laughs> no. oh my oh, god. Cosmic oh. omen and slinky arms, and it still didn't didn't do it. Ah, oh. oh, damn it. So that's twelve half to six, and then uh, bludgeoning damage, and then nineteen cold damage. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I really am. So Crater has stepped back. He's kind of facing down the remaining two ghosts that are like peering at him, but are also quite nearby Riot. And it is in fact Riot's turn. Okay, I am going to take a shot kind of at the at the main one, I guess. Uh, is it safe to say that that thing, that thing, uh, what kind of attack was that? It's called slam. So like, is that getting up in Crater's grill? It was as Crater was moving away that it slammed it, that it did the slam. Mmm. Okay. Can I make an insight check to see if any kind of, like, if these things can take cold damage? Ooh. Arcana, Jay? I'd say insight, too, is fine. I'd say either one's fine. Oh, nat 20, 25. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so tell me what you're trying to intuit here. I want to know if these things can succumb to cold damage. No. Okay. They cannot. Okay. That helps. You, you intuit that powerfully. Yeah. You're sure. And in fact, it's a fucking nat 20. I got to do something. <laughs> you also know that they are immune to poison. There you go. Okay. Also super helpful. Thank you. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a shot uh, with my, my gun. Uh, that's a, oh, 24 to hit. Um, oh, it'll yeah. do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's going to be a... Uh, 2d8. And sneak attack is just when, yeah, no, it can't be. It's within five feet, right? Someone else has to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see why you were asking yeah. that now. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, okay. Ten. <laughs> Damage. Yeah, it's starting to sort of like tremble a little bit. Okay. I'm going to disengage and head over to Garbazine. Oh, fuck. Skelestine. Bonus action, um, Celestine uh, is going to wild shape into his star form. So I think he just like looks up at the, at the night sky, what he can see from the night sky. The points of a star light up above his head in like constellation form. They sort of draw in that star with light and he kind of like starts to glow and he's going to run over to Garbazine, cast uh, Cure Wounds. Yeah. 
Uh, nine hit points for Garbazine. Whoa! When I cast a healing spell in my star form, I can restore 1d8 um, to somebody else within 30 feet. So, Crater, take eight points. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right. Oh. That's me. Oh, thanks, guy. I guess you're one of us now, so come on up on your feet. He winks at you. I blush. <laughs> that brings us to these ghosts. The one that you know to be the one that is the one is alone with just one ghosty friend now. It's interesting. Like, it seems battered at this point, but it doesn't seem messed up or phased. You know, like, emotionally, it's just kind of the same stone wall. And it's going to come up away from Crater and right in front of Riot, who's just been giving him a really hard time. We're going to start attacking. First one slam. <laughs> Eight. Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I really want to do this cool thing. So <laughs> now <laughs> I'm going to do the thing that I was trying to do, where it, like, charges up its face. Come on, baby. Fourteen. It does... Yeah, hit. Yes. Oh. Okay, so this time it like charges it up, and before you can do anything, it's like a... And it's going to hit you with 18 cold damage. Okay. Can I half that with my uncanny dodge? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been around since your last one, so... Great. Okay. A couple of things. First of all, I'm going to ask for a DC constitution saving throw right because after it manages to squeeze off that cold ray it grabs your face and tries to stare at you again so give me that constitution saving throw okay DC what DC constitution DC constitution (laughs) (laughs) that's a nat 20 baby I can't believe it oh my god I literally threw myself back so hard that my headphones keep popping around oh god Fuck you, DC. Oh, oh my god. DC conned these nuts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. oh my god. Jesus, yes. <laughs> Holy shit. I need a t-shirt that says that. DC conned these nuts. Yes. <laughs> so oh, to be. Alright, so oh, grab your face. What do you do to like f- cancel this, right? Tell me what you do. I just like stare it down. I'm just like, fuck right off. And, like swat at it. It like it seems a little bit embarrassed, yeah. but it does let you go. Yeah. I'm just like done with all this ghost shit, you know? Well, it's a bit offended it's not at cute. your like flippancy. Yeah. So it's going to slam you. Ah. That is, oh, that was a weird cocked roll. Here we go. Uh, 16 to 8. Or is that... No, no, that's that's to hit. Oh, yeah, it does hit. Sorry. Cool boy. All right. This is 10 bludgeoning damage, mm-hmm. 15 cold damage. Kay. And what was the consensus on that one as far as uh, uncanny dodge? I think you can only use that once per round, I believe. It's your it's your reaction. Okay. Yeah. Now are you looking there, Ms. Ryan? Not good. <laughs> can't, I can't use a reaction to like take a, I don't know, like a, one of the potions or something, can I? I think on your turn, you can use a bonus action. On my turn. Okay. Eh, well. Once again, these two remaining ghosts are standing uh, next to each other, close to Riot, and as the end of the round happens, they spin, 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 and you sort of lose track of which one's which. And now it's Garbazine's turn. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. He's going to slowly stand up. That takes uh, half of his movement, Um, and he's kind of standing on one of the roots here. 
he saw Riot get attacked, so he knows which one to go for, even though he was down previously. Is that fair? Well, they just reshuffled after the attack. Oh, that's right. That's right. The two. Okay. So, um, yeah. So after reshuffling. Give me that uh, check. Give me an inside yeah. check. Let's do, let's do a little insidey. God, I want this for Garbazine so bad. I want this for me so bad. <laughs> oh, I did roll a nat too, though. I'm afraid it's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know, but that's okay. Here's what's going to happen. He is going to scramble up and kind of run over these roots and get in almost a flanking position to one of the ghosts that's right near Riot. It was the one that attacked her last time, and who knows if it's going to be the one that attacks her this time, but he's going to do a sword uh, swipey into this ghost anyway. I did roll a 15 to hit. You got it, it hits. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> uh, guessed right. And that one would be a sneak attack, because Riot's there. Yeah. Fuck. 15 damage to this one. Oof. He kind of pulls the sword back along the side of his waist and then plunges it into the middle of this robe. There's very little resistance, but it, you can tell that it causes this thing pain, but it's like almost like there's very little between the robes. Oof. And that'll be Garbazine's turn. And that'll be Crater next. Okay. I will run up to the same spookers that Garbazine <laughs> is uh, pummeling upon. I do like spookers. I do like spookers too. <laughs> Gonna do an attack recklessly on your face. It's a natural 17, so like it's 25. Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, 25. huge, yeah. Every time you say natural, I get scared. <laughs> <laughs> so the first damage is going to be 11 damage for that first one. Yikes. And then the second one, also recklessly, uh, it's a natural 19. So <laughs> natural max damage. So it's that's so 19 points of damage. Yikes. As you do this, Crater, I want you to tell me how... I want, uh, I want you <laughs> yeah. to tell me... <laughs> it's really where, hard in the moment. <laughs> what's that Billie Eilish? I want you to tell me where we go to when we go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> tell this thing where it goes when it goes to sleep. So I come down with a great axe once and like I kind of really just fuck him up. He probably stumbles back a little bit. And then I go back at him left-handed this time and then just pierce right through his chest. My entire great axe goes into his chest cavity and then I just spin it like a blender oh my God. inside of him and then rip it back out. And I pull, the, yes. I pull the robe out off his body as I pull my great axe off. Beautiful. As this happens, you pull the robe off and first of all, the remaining other ghost that's beside it just crumples. The robe just sort of falls with nothing inside of it. And the one whose robe you pulled off, you pull it off, you fling it behind you, you look back towards it, and you all see as this orb floats before you momentarily, just long enough to whisper into your ear crater to pierce the illusion. Seek me out by my number. And then the orb just shoots up into the sky and the fog begins to clear and as the ice fog clears the obelisks appear on either side of the tree trunk no 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 as it clears that voice kind of swirls all around all of you and though it was only in crater's ear a second ago it's swirling all around all of you now and the cloaks actually kind of get picked up by the ice fogs and swirl and swirl and swirl and swirl and swirl and then ching almost like break it's almost like the ice fog actually shatters and glitches out and is gone and so are the obelisks and it is daylight 
Daylight. And the horizon is clear. It is cold. It is calm. It is quiet. But in knowing what's coming, the calm is no comfort to Celestine, Crater, and Riot. A mutual loathing, a blossoming trust, and a box is what binds you. Is it really enough? Those doubts and desires you put off in the past will catch up with you sooner or later, and are no less concerning than the voices that whisper to Celestine, Riot, and Crater. <laughs>